that Harlem night. Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Gonna turn it up, please. I done fell in love with. Party at the bodega. What up, everybody? This is your man, Ben's Pharrell. We're thinking out loud. How's everybody doing out there this evening? It is Labor Day Monday. I hope everybody is doing all right and taking care of themselves, being vigilant, and making sure that you have a designated drunk driver if you are involved in any festivities out there in the city or in whatever small township that you live in. All right. Ukraine, Kim Jong-un to visit Putin for weapons talks. North Koreans Kim Jong-un plans to travel to Russia this month to meet President Vladimir Putin as U.S. official has told the news sources like BBC, U.S. partners, um, you know, the news sources. The two leaders will discuss the possibility of North Korea providing Moscow with weapons to support its war in Ukraine. The official said the exact location of the planned meeting is not clear. There was no immediate comment on the report, also carried by the U.S. media from North Korea or Russia. Sources told the New York Times that Mr. Kim was most likely to travel by armored train. The possible meeting comes after the White House said it had new information that arms negotiation between the two countries were actively advancing. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shogu, had tried to convince Pyongyang to sell artillery ammunition to Russia during a recent visit to North Korea. All right. During the recent visit to North Korea, weapons on display at the meeting included the Hyosung Intercontinental Ballistic Missile believed to be the country's first ICBM to use solid propellants. It was the first time Mr. Kim had opened the country's doors to foreign guests since the COVID pandemic. Mr. Putin and Mr. Kim has since exchanged letters pledging to increase their bilater- uh, bilateral cooperation, co-cooperation. I meant to say bilateral cooperation, he stated. All right, Mr. Putin and Mr. Kim have since exchanged letters pledging to increase their bilateral cooperation. The urge, we urge the DPRK. All right, that's Korea, North Korea. I forgot how to say the acronym, but I know what it is. The demilitarized something, something to cease its armed negotiations with Russia and abide by the public commitments that Pai Ong-Yong has made to not provide or sell arms to Russia, Mr. Kirby said, using an abbreviation for the North, right, DPRK. He warned the U.S. would take action, including imposing sanctions if North Korea did supply Russia with weapons. There is concern both in Washington and in Seoul about what North Korea would get in return for such a deal, which may result in increased military cooperation between the two countries in Asia. On Monday, South Korea's intelligence service briefed that Mr. Shogu has suggested Russia, China, and North Korea hold joint naval drills. All right. 
holding joint naval drills, similar to those carried out by the U.S. and South Korean and Japan. Another fear is that Russia could supply North Korea with weapons in the future at a time when Pyongyang most needs them. More worrying still, Kim Jong-un may ask Mr. Putin to provide him with advanced weapons technology or knowledge to help him make breakthroughs in his nuclear weapons program. However, a deal could end up being more transactional than strategic. For now, Russia needs weapons and sanctions starve. North Korea needs money and food. The New York Times reported that the meeting between Mr. Kim and Mr. Putin could take place in the port city of Vladivostok, of Vladivostok, on the east coast of Russia. The newspaper diplomatic correspondent Edward Wong told BBC News Channel that an advanced team of the North Korean officials have traveled to Vladivostok and and Moscow late last month. Right? They included security officers who deal with the protocols surrounding travel of the leadership. So that was a strong sign for officials looking at this, Wong said. Pyongyang or Pyongyang and Moscow have both previously denied that the North is supplying Russia with arms for use in its war in Ukraine. John Everard, who served as UK ambassador to the North Korea between 2006 and 2008, told the BBC News that publicity around this possible visit was a strong reason why the visit is now unlikely to take place. Kim Jong-un is completely paranoid about his personal security. He goes to great lengths to keep his movements a secret. And if it's known that he's planning to go to Vladivostok to meet President Putin, he's likely just to cancel the whole thing. All right, Pyongyang knows that Moscow is desperate for ammunitions. And the price that North Korea will ask for them will be eye-watering high. While North Korea has stockpiles of weapons, they are in very poor condition, he added. Okay, so the two leaders last had met in April 2019. That's the last time they met when Mr. Kim arrived by train in Vladivostok, the country on the coast, I forgot. He was welcomed by officials with a a traditional offering of bread and salt. This was also probably the last time Mr. Kim traveled abroad. After the meeting, Mr. Putin said Mr. Kim would require security guarantees in order to abandon his nuclear program. All right. To abandon his nuclear program. That meeting came just months after a summit in Vietnam between Mr. Kim and then U.S. President Donald Trump had failed to make progress progress on denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula. All right. So a little goddamn politics for y'all people so you can understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let you know. Yes, sir. This was criminal behavior. Parents voiced concerns following two high school, two separate high schools in a student mass brawl. It was a high school game, actually. Bethesda, 
There are renewed concerns among some Montgomery County parents after a fight involving Walter Johnson High School and Bethesda Chevy Chase High School students after a rivalry football game Friday night. According to authorities, a male student from Walter Johnson and a parent went to the Montgomery County Police Department at approximately 10 p.m. Friday night and filed a report stating he was assaulted and his shoes were stolen. Viral videos online show the brawl happening outside the Bethesda Metro Center. Rex Garcia Hidalgo is the father of a BCC senior and president of the BCC Sports Boosters Foundation, which supports athletic programs at the school. Initially, I was outraged. I was dumbfounded by the brutal assault on the kids by those thugs. Really? I thought this was a criminal behavior. Not your usual high school fight. It was an assault on kids, including girls, Garcia Hidalgo said. Some of, those, some of those kids have been identified and weren't even at the game. So it's crazy. There's a lot of backlash against the athletic teams that were competing earlier in the day. In a joint letter to the community from BCC and Walter Johnson, excuse me, at Walter Johnson, the high school principals addressed the behavior captured on the video as completely unacceptable and will not be tolerated. There is also a mention on social media that a student may have been in the possession. He may have been in possession of a weapon. This has not been confirmed and remains a part of the investigation. The letter also said the Montgomery County Police Department was engaged immediately and responded. They are also currently investigating this incident, as are the school administrators. These behaviors by students are dangerous, illegal, and completely inappropriate. As individual students from both schools are identified appropriate disciplinary action in alignment with the MCPS student code of conduct will be assigned. Garcia Hidalgo said the letter was correct to address possible consequences. My concern and the concerns of many parents of both schools is what can be done. What are the next steps that Montgomery County Public Schools is going to take? And what is Montgomery County Police Department is going to do? He stated, we have had situations like this before where there have been fights and kids have been identified on videos, but no consequences was taken. So that is our concern. If no consequences are taken on these situations, then the fights and assaults are going to continue, in my opinion. Montgomery County Council Member Katie Stewart, who represent District 4, was participating in a ride-along with police when the game was being let out. She told news sources on Monday there are both short-term and long-term solutions being discussed in an effort to curb potentially violent situations. A short-term change being discussed is what time games are being played, Councilmember Stewart said. Stewart, asked, Stewart added long-term solutions included incorporating more safe spaces for local youth to participate in activities. It's one of the reasons my office is planning a block party in downtown Silver Spring. So it's a half a day. Students are let out early. We set up to have three-on-three -three basketball tournaments, some art projects, a DJ to really create a place where young people can 
come safely, enjoy themselves being with their peers, she said. Garcia Hidalgo said he does not want student athletes or fans to be penalized for situations that are not directly tied to their actions. It's what's happening afterwards or off school grounds, and we can't be penalizing the athletic teams and the student athletes that are putting in a lot of time and effort in playing their sport and not causing the issues, he says. All right, so these or ongoing situations all across the country, all across, all abroad in America because there was another incident in Texas. There was one in Colorado. I think there was another one in Florida. There was another one. There's another situation that I didn't even get to yet. It happened in, it happened in Alabama, all right? I'm going to get to this right after this one right here. But, you know, these kids... And like that council member, the lady, she said they're going to implement some new strategies, some new, like, programs to keep these kids out of trouble. And then they're going to implement something else for the kids that's doing street thuggish activities, gang activities out there on the city streets. So she got a lot of work ahead of her, you know. And this is a common problem all across the board abroad all right you gotta excuse me because i told you i speak multiple languages sometimes it'd be hard for me to talk english straight so these english people could understand what i'd be saying all right so this is a common problem in every city and small county in america all right like i said there's another one in alabama i have to look for it i don't even know where it's at it just popped up on the goddamn screen so I'm going to have to research everything and get all of the information because I don't even know exactly where in Alabama it's at. I think it's Montgomery. That's the last um, thing that I read. So I'm going to just jump on to it. Moving along. Two women killed in Labor Day mass shooting in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where it was at. It was in Birmingham. Two people are dead and three others are wounded following the shooting early Monday morning in Birmingham, Alabama. Authorities says authorities says uh, uh, at least five people were hit in the shooting, which was reported at about 2.30 in the morning Monday, and two women later died at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, hospital hospital according to the birmingham police department authorities did not provide the conditions of the three people who were injured in that incident police are also confirmed that the shots were fired near you the near the university of alabama hospital but no one was injured the uab police department is investigating that incident God damn, there's a lot going on today. Tareem Khan, a media specialist at UAB, confirmed to news sources that UAB hospital's emergency room was placed on lockdown after shots were fired outside the building. It is not clear or known whether the lockdown has since been lifted. No suspects have been identified or arrested as of yet. This is a developing story. So this just uh this I just got the information. They done posted this probably ten hours ago, 
but they don't have too many details on this. So it was like a, uh, two people are dead and three others are wounded following a shooting early Monday morning in Birmingham, Alabama. So at least five people were hit in the shooting, which was reported at 2.30 in the morning Monday, and two women later died at a University of Alabama Birmingham hospital. All right, according to the Birmingham Police Department, authorities did not provide conditions of the three people who were injured in that particular incident, that shooting. Police also confirmed that shots were fired near UAB Hospital, but no one was injured. All right, so the UAB Police Department is investigating that incident. So I just had to make sure I run through that so you can understand the, um, the details. Those are the details that I see right here. But I'm going to keep it moving real quick. Let me see what else is going on. All right. I got some chibachery from the police department. These people are harassing people, uh, trying to warn people of a speed trap. You know, police like to make speed traps and pass out tickets. You know, they got to meet their quarter. You see, Delaware man who police block from warning drivers of speed trap wins a $50,000 judgment. Delaware State Police have agreed to pay $50,000 to resolve a federal lawsuit filed by a man who said troopers violated his constitutional rights by preventing him from warning motorists about a speed trap. A judgment was entered Friday in favor on Jonathan Gesford. I mean, of Jonathan Gesford, 54 years old, who said in the lawsuit that police unlawfully prevented him from engaging in peaceful protests by standing on the roadside and holding up a small cardboard sign reading, Radar Ahead. <clears throat> Radar Ahead. After Gesford raised a middle finger at troopers while driving away from an initial encounter, he was stopped and cited for improper use of a hand signal. The charge was later dropped. The episode on March 11th, 2022 was captured on cell phone videos taken by Mr. Gesford and included in his complaint as well as on dashboard cameras in the vehicles of Corporal Stephen Douglas, Trooper Nicholas Gallo, and Master Corporal Ralph Radford Box. Police dash cam audio captures the troopers laughing and giggling at the notion of citing Mr. Gasford for using an improper hand turn signal because of those obscene gesture. He wasn't making a turn, Douglas says. The cell phone video shows trooper approaching Mr. Gasford, who was standing in a grassy area next to the shoulder of Route 13 north of Dover. Douglas told Gasford that he was disrupting traffic. While Gallo, based on a witness report, said Gasford was jumping into traffic. You are a liar, Mr. Gasford, Mr. Gasford told Gallo. I'm on the side of the road legally parked with a sign which is protected by my First Amendment, he told these troopers. Dashcam video shows Douglas twice laughing at Gasford to prevent him from raising his sign. Gallo then ripped it from his hands and tore it up. Could you stop playing in traffic now? Gallo sarcastically asked Mr. Gasford. As Gasford drove away, he made an obscene hand gesture at the troopers. Dashcam video shows Douglas racing after him at speeds of more than 100 miles per hour in the 55 mile per hour zone. 
followed closely by Gallo and Box. Is there a reason why you were doing that? Douglas asked Mr. Gesford after he pulled him over. Then Officer Box told Gesford he was engaging in disorderly conduct and opened the front passenger door of Gesford, Gesford's vehicle. Take it to court. That's what I want you to do, Officer Box replied after Gesford told troopers he was going to take legal action. Then Officer Box also threatened to charge Gesford with a resistant arrest. We're going to take you in. We're going to tow your car, and we're going to call social services for the kid, Officer Box said, referring to Gesford's young son, who was with, with his dad and witnessed his profanity-laden tirade against the officers. It's not a threat. It's a promise, Officer Box added. Box dashcam audio also captures his subsequent phone call with a supervisor named Lieutenant Christopher Pop in which Box acknowledges that citing Gesford for his hand gesture is pushing it. You can't do that, Pop tells Officer Bop. Box, that will be dropped. Yeah, it's going to get dropped, Box replies. I told Douglas, it's definitely going to get thrown out. I said, ah, that's not really going to fly, buddy. Douglas is heard saying that even if the charge was going to be dropped, and at least inconvenience Gusford. All right. These officers has no shame. These officers are very petty, as I can see. But guess what? Gusford got $50,000. And look, ladies and gentlemen, you might look at this as some type of win-win, but it's not a win-win because the officers was trying to inconvenience and disrupt this man's life. All right. Speed trap is not conducive to anybody, all right? Speed trap is basically like uh, you got to get off of the right lane because the trucks stay on the right lane. You know, the big tractor trailers, 18-wheelers, you know, and then they get to the goddamn left lane to pass the truck to get back on the right lane, especially when you're driving on highways. So... What police officers do is set up a speed track, a radar gun, and just tag you. You're going maybe 10 miles over the speed limit, and then another trooper intercepts you, giving you a fucking ticket that's going to disrupt your life. Speed trap. Do you get it, ladies and gentlemen? I know you did, all right? So, Mr. Um, Guestford was doing a service for the community. So, you know, I'm glad that he got his money and stuff like that. But, hey, um, police officers need to calm down, man. You're a public servant, and you're supposed to protect and serve, not harass and being foolish and disruptive, all right? It's not a police officer. You're not helping nobody. I know you don't make that much money, and I'm here for you guys, all right? So calm down. We're going to get these legislators to get off, get off of their ass, and we're going to help you get some more money, just like how the UPS did, all right? We're going to get you there, officers. You don't have to be a dickhead, all right? I promise you, I'm going to help you out. You see what I'm saying? 
I'm good at litigating through the podcast microphone. I promise you, you're going to get at least about $80,000 a year with me fucking around with this goddamn legislation office. You know, I am not a representative, nor I'm not no mayor or any counselor of any sort. But I am entertaining, and I will get these motherfuckers to listen to me. I promise you that. But anyway, I'm going to cut this apple pie short and sweet. It's your man, Ben's Pharrell, with Thinking Out Loud. Please subscribe or please follow me on goddamn TikTok, which is Box Benji. All you got to do is type in the search engine, B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I. And you can also type the same name that I just told you, Box Benji, in the Instagram page. And you can follow me there, too. You can follow me on goddamn YouTube, all right? Subscribe to my channel. It's the same name, Box Benji. Matter of fact, box Benji everything. Goddamn right. One day I might have me some merchandise. It's going, what you think it's going to say? It's going to say box Benji. All right? Ladies and gentlemen, I will talk to you later on another segment. And this is Thinking Out Loud. Peace. Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Party at the bodega. 